It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals starters on the defensive side of the ball are going to see some changes in 2023. Are they better? Are they worse? Let's break down the defensive changes this year. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Become an everydayer. You would know if you were an everydayer, for example, that yesterday we talked about how the offense is better in 2023, as today we dive into the defense, and you can make us your first listen with the many other Bengals fans that do the same. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. James, we spent a lot of time yesterday going through the roster changes on the offensive side of the ball. Today, we take a look at the defense. Like the offense, mostly stable at most spots. But let's start again with the position that is going to see the most change. And that's going to be the safety position where there will be Mm -hmm. two new starters in 2023. And I think three safeties that see regular playing time this year. Yeah, I, I think that part is going to be interesting is how Lou uses these guys because You mentioned at the top, better or worse. Well, the Bengals on paper are worse at safety, and they're probably going to be worse at safety this season. But the way, or one way at least, to mitigate some of that, change things up a bit. And Lou Anarumo from week to week is able to change things up a bit. So I'm curious to see how he uses Dax Hill, who is as good of an athlete as he's had at safety since coaching the Bengals, you know, since joining the Bengals as the defensive coordinator in 2019. So you have Dax Hill, a guy who's really versatile that you can move around that I think is much more comfortable 
now that he knows what his role is going to be. I think last year, think about it from his perspective. You have these two guys that are pending free agents and Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Bates misses most of the offseason program. Dax looked good in the preseason playing that safety spot. And then after that, he was kind of back up everything, back up safety, back up nickel, back up outside corner. And it was just, you toss them all over. So one, I think you're going to see a Dax Hill that you didn't get to see as a rookie. But the thing that from a, a talent standpoint, experience standpoint, all of those things that I think Lou can do is, is put these guys in their best spot to have success. And that's where the three safety look does come into play. Because last year we talked about it, maybe Dax Hill being that third safety. But you have Mike Hilton, you have these two safeties that you trust. I just think Lou was like, no, let's go with what we know. This is where we're at our best. This year, I think you could make the argument that having three safeties, having Jordan Battle in the mix as that uh, in-the-box type safety, alongside Nick Scott, who we've talked about, can play that deep Jesse Bates type role, and Dax Hill can do a little bit of everything. I think that that's in an ideal world how it would play out. I don't know how much that, that'll take place, the three safety look, but I, I certainly think it's in the cards where they could go with those three young guys. And then you have obviously Tyson Anderson behind them, and he's obviously a great athlete as well. I think that the third down thing is, is where you see the three safety thing to just use the word thing unceremoniously a couple times there in a row. Uh, Third down passing situations. You heard Lou Anarumo talk about this after the selection of Jordan Battle and how highly this coaching staff thinks of Jordan Battle. Seems like they're going to leverage that with Dax Hill's flexibility. And we saw this a little bit in the playoffs last year even, where Dax Hill was covering Dawson Knox in the end zone in a three-safety look is part of why that pass goes incomplete. And we've seen Dax Hill throughout his career already and going back to Michigan have the ability to play really sticky man coverage and against tight ends his athleticism plays up like he's going to be on the hip pocket of pretty much any tight end in the league in man coverage with his athletic ability with his cover ability and you got a couple guys in in Nick Scott who can play as you said who can play deep safety I think that's his primary role for this team this year Jordan Battle, who's just that savvy, instinctual player, if that translates to the NFL immediately, having Battle and Nick Scott in those traditional safety roles in some of those clear passing situations and Dax Hill deployed on whatever dynamic tight end the Bengals happen, happen to be seeing that week because you know you got Mark Andrews twice and, and uh, likely in Baltimore – you got George Kittle on the schedule this year. You got Travis Kelsey on the schedule this year. You got Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox on the schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Seems like another one of those years where the Bengals have to go through this gauntlet of tight ends. I think that that's a, a place where the Bengals can get those three safeties on the field and, and it be something that works in their favor. Now, of course, that means you're taking off probably a linebacker in that situation. But with Trey Flowers departed, officially signed elsewhere down in Atlanta, that that makes sense in terms of a role that needs to be filled that Dax Hill kind of lines up with. And when you have a guy like Jordan Battle now, who they've added, adding talent and depth to the safety room that they feel really good about, makes a lot of sense to see those three guys on the field together to me in some situations. Sure. I, I, I certainly think we could see it. And it's um, 
the the key to it because i don't really worry about dax year two in the system i know some are i don't if if people can tell nick scott i know he's only has has one year starting experience but played in the playoffs was starting in the playoffs for the rams i, I think he's going to be fine as well jordan battle battle tested at alabama certainly right no pun intended but yes pun intended uh-huh um Will he be able to pick it up right away that quick and, and be that good? Because Lou Lou doesn't just trust defensive backs from the jump. I think that's something that we could certainly see last year with Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, Eli Apple. Uh, obviously, Eli had his trust because he's the veteran. And a guy like Cam Taylor-Britt had to earn it a little bit. And, and even with a guy like Dax, they weren't going to force Dax on the field when he has guys that, that he trusted. So that dynamic is interesting, but... I like the safety room and considering people were panicking a bit, I think once Von Bell signed elsewhere and everyone knew Jesse Bates was going elsewhere when they both departed to the NFC South, I think there was some panic. Nick Scott helped some. And, and now you get a guy like battle. I, I feel pretty good about the Bengals safety room. It might not be a strength like the strength that it was for the past couple of years with Von Bell and Jesse Bates, but I, I don't think it's, a glaring hole or weakness or, or, or issue that's going to cause the Bengals to lose games. And you have a long-term setup here. You've got yeah. guys under contract for years at this position. It's cost controlled. They, instead of spending a combined $23 million to bring back their two safeties per year, which they were never going to do 23 and a half million, whatever it works out to, which they were never going to do. They're, they're much cheaper at the position with two rookie contracts and a really relatively modest contract for Nick Scott for, for starting safety. What is it about $4 million a year yep. for Nick Three Scott? Three years, 4 million per. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're pretty affordable at that position when you've seen your two starting safeties from last year, go sign the two biggest free agent deals on the market in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Some cost savings there where that's something that's important to them. You know, we talked about Juan Thornhill here and, and, you know, Julian Love and some other veteran safeties. The Bengals go the Nick Scott route. And you can see the fit. You can see the vision with these guys. And the biggest thing is going to be how, how do they pick up the communication? And you mentioned, you know, how quickly does Jordan Battle get in there and earn Lou Anarumo's trust or Nick Saban's trust as a freshman? So yeah. he's got that chip. That's a good point. Uh, th that, that little piece of history to him. And everything you hear about Jordan Battle is that the, the football IQ is off the charts. And that's just another reason I think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field because, you know, you, you hear the way the Bengals talk about his film breakdowns in their meetings with him. They're like, you know what? You're good. We got everything we need from like two plays, was it, or three plays or something like that? It was, it was quick. They had to cut him off. So excited to see how these guys play together. You're right. It may not be a strength anymore, but they do have a long-term cost-controlled core. And you can see these guys grow together. And, and maybe it takes a little bit of time this year, but you're right. I, I don't think it's a big weakness. And when you look at this defense, James, I have a hard time really identifying a glaring weakness. So let's keep talking about that and some of the other ways they could have gotten better and did get better coming up next. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself, to look internally and think, what do I need? But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin, burned out, and therapy can give you the tools 
to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without having to leave yourself behind. BetterHelp is completely online. And if you're thinking of using therapy or going to therapy, you need to give BetterHelp a try because, well, it's as convenient as therapy has ever been. It's entirely online, flexible. It's suited to your schedule. And you fill out a questionnaire and you'll get matched up with a therapist and you can switch therapists at any time, no cost at all. So all it is, is questionnaire and you get a licensed therapist and you can find the right match for you. And all you have to do is go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of ways we could go with talking about some of the other changes on this defense, James. Let's quickly knock out one unit and and do the opposite of our first discussion that hasn't changed really at all. Hmm. And that's the linebackers. Jermaine Pratt is back. Logan Wilson, obviously still under contract. Akeem Davis-Gaither still under contract. Marcus Bailey, Joe Bacci. Bachi rounding out the room seems pretty clear cut to me. Do they carry six linebackers again? Maybe there's a conversation there for linebacker six, but outside of that, the return of Jermaine Pratt was a little bit unexpected going into the off season. But now that he's back, you have stability really in your front seven mm-hmm. front six, whatever you want to call it all together with, with minor changes and, We'll see if there's an expanded role for ADG or if they just run it back. Kind of seems like mostly just run it back here with potentially the question of does Jermaine Pratt see more third downs Mm -hmm. given what we know his, his complaints were or his, his desires were as the season went on last year and he lands back in Cincinnati, of course, but he wanted to play third down. So that's, that's really the only question at the linebacker position to me right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think he, I think it's going to be business as usual. I think they'll use him the way they used him last year. And if they feel that the need to put him on field for more third downs in certain matchups or certain situations, I think that could happen. So week to week that could change, but overall I don't think much changes here. And and man, if I would have told you going into free agency, Von Bell would get more on an annual basis than Jermaine Pratt. I don't think you would have believed me. I certainly wouldn't have believed myself, but the way the linebacker market played out, and the way that the two top safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, the way they got paid. I mean, that's the thing. If Von Bell didn't get that deal with Carolina, he might not have signed for much more than what Nick Scott got. <laughs> he might have had to take whatever the Bengals offered him, which it, rumor had it was a two-year deal, not a three-year deal. But Jermaine Pratt, is uh, he brings stability there. And I think for all of the, the shuffling around at safety, the fact that your front seven – is pretty much intact, and obviously we're focused on the linebackers at this very second, but you, you feel really good about that, and I think it'll be those two guys, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and then Akeem Davis-Gaither will be that third guy, 
but you feel really good about a lot of them. I mean, Joe Bocci, I know they trust him. Marcus Bailey, I know they trust him. So you feel really good about the linebackers in this room. And, and you're right. Maybe they keep six and there's a battle there. But the first five guys, I think they're really confident in and, and believe any of those guys can play a linebacker for them if one of the, the top guys gets hurt. And they have had to press some of those guys into action in the past, and they've generally acquitted themselves pretty well. Akeem Davis-Gaither had one of the best games of his career when he had to play last year, stepping up in injury replacement duty. And so you like the depth there. Not a whole lot has changed. Is it a better or worse position? Pretty tough to say either way, right? You got the same guys doing probably the same things. Hard to say that they're going to be worse. And they could get better if they take a step. They could regress. Who knows? But right now, on paper, it's the same guys. should be a very similar unit. The same or better is what I would say. Because maybe, you're right, maybe Logan's a little bit better. Or Akeem Davis-Gaither's a little bit better, to give you the edge. But I don't really see it declining much. Um, Who knows? Maybe Jermaine Pratt just stops working out now that he got paid. Kidding, Jermaine. I'm just kidding. Don't get mad at me. I was just joking. Let's talk defensive front. Another mostly stable position on this roster, but the big, shiny, first-round injection of athleticism and talent in Miles Murphy shakes things up a little bit. Now, going into this offseason, we were talking about, can they add a piece to add some pass rush? You and I, I think, were mostly looking at the interior defensive line, although we thought maybe an edge addition was possible, and they did. Terrell Basham also a free agent addition this offseason. And now they go at least six deep with guys that you think for sure are making this roster have played in the NFL and then maybe even seven deep at edge with Jeff Gunter, a guy we know they liked last year, seventh round pick, got hurt, couldn't play. Going to be very interesting competition on the edges. And then on the interior, it's the same guys. And... You need somebody to step up there. Can Zach Carter continue his late-season ascension from last year? Can Jay Tufele rein in some of those flashes we saw from him and be a more consistent player? This is a spot where I think you and I both looked and thought, ah, maybe they could add a guy there. And the one guy still out there that we've talked about recently, Matt Ioannidis, is, is like kind of the biggest name that would make sense to me. But it's one of the shallower spots on the roster, which is why I still look externally, James. And and I like the players they have, but they don't have that dynamic pass rusher, which is why, you know, again, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Kalijah Kansi heading into mm-hmm. the draft as well as a guy that could add some, some, some juice. Let's just keep using that word to the interior rotation. Yeah. I think it, it was, it was tough because there weren't many in this class. Yep. There weren't, and and that's part of why, despite the size concerns, Kansi goes 19th to the Bucks and, and still gets taken early. Uh, Adebaware, or Adebare is uh, he wasn't viewed as highly by the NFL as he was by the media, and that's why he fell. And I, I think that's why the Bengals weren't in on him. I know there was multiple times where it was like, oh, well, you could take him here at 92 or 95, and it was like, hey, he wasn't really even – in consideration at that pick. So, yeah, I, I think that that's something they would want to do. Now, do they go external? It's – Ioannidis could certainly make sense. There's another name that you mentioned, and I, I want you to drop it so I can react to it. Another guy that uh, 
kind of falls in line with names you've been mentioning in recent days. Yeah, I mean, Mercedes Lewis, the 30, 38, 39-year-old tight end. Mark Ingram, what, 34-year-old running back. How about a another guy getting toward 40, a little bit older than me, Dominican Sue? I mean, yeah. in, a, in a similar role to what he did with the Eagles, I, I don't know if that really makes a whole lot of sense. Limbaugh Joseph, another former Eagle, could be another name, 35 in the same bucket. Um I would doubt either of those would be very interesting to the Bengals, but you're talking about guys maybe looking for one more year, looking for that Super Bowl run. You can see that being a, a rotational piece given the options there and the lack of depth there on the interior defensive line. Well, you mentioned it pre-show, the Sioux comment. The Bengals know him, and not because the front office or anything like that, but while multiple Bengals coaches were in Miami, so was Sue. I just did some research. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, Lou Anarumo crossed paths with him. He's the defensive coordinator, the interim, with Sue in town in Miami, and uh, was the defensive backs coach there. Zach Taylor was there. So there is a connection there. They didn't use it last year. I don't know how pleasant it was to coach Sue in Miami. <laughs> I think that, that he's kind of toned down, settled down a bit. So I, I think it would be interesting. But, yeah, I would be open to it from a player standpoint because can he in the right role still give you something? Sure. I'm watching LeBron James do crazy things at 38. I think Ndamukong Sue is still able to give you a little juice when you need it at, uh, at 36 years old as a situational guy on the, on the inside. But they may just stick with what they have right now, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's more likely than not. But – Never say never, because I do think that they're on the hunt. And and maybe we talked about trade tight end wise. Maybe this is you you find the next BJ Hill yeah. this way, and, and you can find a trade because there's some defensive lines that have just so much depth. I think the Bengals have a good amount of depth. Oh yeah, some of these lines that have been put together are crazy deep, and, and so there's going to be some good players that could be on the chopping block and. Maybe the Bengals are able to nab one of them. I think there's a little bit more to talk about here with the defensive line. We also haven't talked about corner yet. So a little bit more to talk about here on the defensive side of the ball to finish up this show coming up next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's continue the defensive line conversation. And yeah, if I had to guess, like if you had to put odds on it, I would probably say if they add, it would be via trade versus sign sign a guy. As weird as that sounds, because I could see them moving one of their backup tackles, offensive tackles. Late in the uh, late in the game, late in training camp, after a few preseason games, something like that, if they needed to, to to get the right guy in here. But I, I could see that as a path to them uh, adding a guy to that interior pass rush. I think it could also be a waiver claim. The sure. big change this year that we haven't really talked about, or maybe mentioned once in passing, is that this year there's only one cut. You go from ninety to fifty-three. There used to be three stages of cuts along the way. Then there were two stages of cuts. 
now 90 players all the way to final cutdown day, you're going to see from most teams 35 or so players become available from each team on one day. We saw the Bengals add three players on waivers last year. Could see that again on the defensive line. The other thing that I wanted to mention on the defensive line before we talk about corner is that if they don't add that three tech, I think there are going to be times where you see Miles Murphy, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, Joseph Osai in the field together, and that's your four. And they didn't do this a ton last year. They liked having BJ Hill on the field in those roles. Mm-hmm. But when you add Miles Murphy to the mix, bigger guy, can kick inside, played a lot of four-eye, meaning he was lined up on the inside shoulder of the tackle. If they're comfortable and Joseph Osai is comfortable playing on the left side, I think putting Trey Henderson outside on the right side in his traditional alignment, Joseph Osai outside on the left side where he didn't play last year, Miles Murphy playing inside that tackle shoulder on the right side where Joseph Osai was playing a lot last year, and Sam Hubbard either playing the other three tech or playing, you know, the kind of, well, I guess you need a three tech in that situation because you're pretty wide with all the other guys. So Sam Hubbard out there in three tech, or maybe they just don't like Hubbard inside. Maybe it is still Osai inside. Maybe it's just BJ Hill there, but they give you some, you get some flexibility there with, mm-hmm. with that package, the quote unquote NASCAR package. They're so deep on the defensive line right now, especially on the edge that you can get a little bit more creative with how they deploy these guys in some situational considerations on third downs in particular. And I'm very interested interested to see what comes out there because I, I do think it'll be a sub package. You're not going to see a ton of it, but I do think that we should see at least some of that. Overall, the thought is that I love the depth they have on the edge right now. Yeah. It's really good depth. They. I mean, put it up against most teams in the NFL. You'd like the quality of player they have from one to three on both sides or one to six overall. And it's just going to be interesting to see what they do on the interior to, to compensate for what I perceive to be less depth available to them there. It's time for Sam Hubbard to kick inside some. I think you hit it. I, I, I love the idea of a Hubbard-Murphy interior with at least on paper. Because I guess we haven't even seen Murphy suit up, right? Mm-hmm. right. And, and Hendrickson, uh, along with Osai. I mean, that's so much fun. And I think it would be effective. Because one of those guys, you're talking about a guy in, in Hendrickson who's relentless, an elite athlete in Murphy, who, even if he has to work on some pass rushing moves, can win with a couple of things and is going to win when these other guys are losing. I mean, one of these guys is going to win, I guess is my point. And, and Osai flashed at the end of last year. And, and Hubbard's coming off of the best season of his career. And I think he can be effective on the inside. So hopefully he's comfortable with that. I think he would be willing and hopefully they're willing because that's, that's fun. And then you're right. Let's say Hubbard's nicked up or he's got a lot of, a lot of snaps in that game needs to come out. Well, you do have a cam sample, right? You do have guys that you could bring in and still fill that role, even if it isn't BJ Hill. And so you're right. There's, there's quality depth there. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the the guys they have at corner as well. And I think they're pretty pretty solid at corner. Chidobe Awuzie was in the Bengals locker room again on Monday, continuing his rehab. I think everything's on track, as you would hope. But they've gotten younger at this position over the past couple of years. But overall, I feel pretty good about it. Obviously, DJ Turner is the big addition in that room, along with DJ Ivy. 
Big question is Cheeto's health. If Cheeto's out there ready to go at the start of the season and isn't, you know, still recovering, trusts the knee, is moving well, is the Cheeto that we know, you feel great about corner. Mm-hmm. I think you feel a little bit better about corner. Adding DJ Turner in the second round, your first corner off the bench, now the second round hyper athlete, excellent mover at the position who can play all three positions or all, well, I guess all three corner positions technically outside, inside. At least you can, you, you would profile him to be able to play inside without missing a beat. You feel really good about the corner depth, not to mention the free agent addition of Sidney Jones. I think quality veteran depth there. If he's your fifth corner, you feel yeah. pretty good about that. Jalen Davis got a two year deal in the slot. You know, they really like the way he plays. That's Top six already. Yeah. Top six feels pretty good. And, and then you got competition <laughs> behind them. And Alan George, who's stuck around last year, DJ yeah. Ivy, the seventh round pick this year. And I like uh, George, by the way. I do. Yeah. I mean, great dude, for sure. And and when we've seen him get some opportunities, I mean, there's a reason he's stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And then and b- beyond those guys, waiver cl- don't forget waiver claim Chris Lamons from Kansas City last year will be around and competing as well so again a deep competition here at corner if Cheeto's playing hard to say they're worse easy to say their depth is better and maybe even their starters are better with cam Sam- or cam taylor Britt. sorry playing the the whole year as a starter the way that we saw him come on and develop over the course of last season were you trying to take a shot at eli apple there by saying cam sample was better at corner is that what you were trying to do no i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. I, yeah, I, Freudian slip, you know. I, I, I do think uh, on paper, assuming Ouzier is back, they are better. Because DJ Turner, will he have some rookie lumps? Sure. But, man, I, I think he's going to be quite a player and, and be able to develop into a, a long-term starter, an outside corner, just to be clear. I think some uh, assume, looking at his size, that, that he's going to, to be the nickel. I, I don't think so. I think Mike Hilton is your nickel. Jalen Davis is – the backup there and in a pinch Dax Hill or DJ Turner could go in that spot. But yeah, I, uh, I, I like that addition. I think they got good value there. And we talked about the Sidney Jones signing that they had a couple of under the radar guys that they brought in and it just made things feel so much better going into the draft. Obviously Irv Smith jr. We talked about tight ends yesterday. Check out that show, but Sidney Jones, Terrell Basham, we just talked about how deep they are in the defensive line room. And I think the cornerback room, assuming your top guy is healthy is nearly as deep. And there's going to be some good players that are on the outside looking in when it's, it's final cut down day. I was thinking about this the other day, just overall thoughts on the defense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just seems like it's gotta be, and I don't know the depth of other NFL teams to a, an extensive degree or anything like that. But every position we just talked about outside of the defensive interior, I love the depth the Bengals have. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's top tier depth, edge rusher, top tier depth. I mean, they go six deep, maybe seven deep. And they all have, I mean, all those guys are guys that can play at at, at least solid level in the NFL. Linebacker, pretty similar. Four or five guys deep where they've played roles, they've played solid, good NFL games, solid, good NFL reps. Corner, 
same idea. We just talked mm-hmm. about the depth there. Safety, it's a little bit more on paper. It's a projection, and I do think that they're worse on the top end at safety. Again, at least on paper, we'll see how that develops over the course of the year. But I love the depth. I mean, Jordan Battle, Tyson Anderson, Michael Thomas, the veteran, Uncle Mike, being the fifth guy in that room. How are you going to call him uncle when you're older than him? Am I? How old is he? I thought that was his name. I mean, I it is. He's also younger than you, just just to be clear. Oh, yes. I'm Uncle Jake. Good to meet y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's our sign to get out of this I, show. I, huh? I took a shot there because I wasn't sure, honestly, if he was 33, yeah. 34. I wasn't sure. I was like, yeah, might as well do it. See, th- this is why you're on the old train. You, you want yeah. the Mark Ingrams, the Mercedes Lewises. And then Dominic Sue's. It's funny how things have changed. Now you want guys older than you. A few That's years right. ago, I was lobbying for the old heads. It's changed uh, flip a sides. Bit. Yeah. But, but I mean, I just want on Zeke. One, uh, on one year deals. <laughs> I just want Zeke on yeah. a one year deal. He's 26, I think. Young pup. Anyway, the, the overall point there before we got distracted was that it's hard to, to look at the depth of this team and think that there are other NFL teams that can compare in terms of having that much quality depth across the board on defense. And honestly, this is a theme on offense for many positions as well, where the depth is, is present, not everywhere. We would like them to be a little bit better at tight end, for example. And, and maybe you want another guy at running back to, to be in the mix there. But on the defensive side of the ball, the only changes at the starting positions are really the safeties. We talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. outside of that you've got veterans on the defensive line for the most part an injection of of depth in miles murphy joseph osai continuing to watch for him to to expand his role and take another step and just excellent depth with a lot of additions at corner feel pretty good about the defense and, and the versatility they've added there and the depth they have there for luana Rumo to play with yep i i think it it rivals you know, San Francisco, you would throw out there. Philly, obviously, Philly, you yeah. would throw out there. Well, guess what? Those are two Super Bowl contenders. And in, in any team that you would throw out there in comparison, because there's going to be guy, you know, different comments, I would say, on this show that say, oh, well, this team, that team. I bet they're Super Bowl contenders. And so to your point, that's the, the tier, that's the expectation that, uh, that the Bengals have put themselves in and, and in position to do is, is contend for a Super Bowl, and, and they're amongst those teams for sure. And having that complete team again, because we talk a lot for, for as much as we talk about the offense on this show, the defense is just a huge part of why they've had the Super Bowl run in the AFC championship run the last two years. And having that ability on both sides of the ball, which again, on paper, I mean, this is a, this is a good roster mm-hmm. top to bottom. You feel pretty good about this roster. There, there's a couple of question marks. Every team has a couple of question marks. You're going to have to see how things play out at a couple of spots, but pretty easy to see them remaining in that same tier of team where they're going to be competing hard for number one seed in the AFC again for, for Super Bowl contention, all those things that we'd like to talk about with this team. Maybe they didn't do exactly what we wanted, Right with, with some of the some of the ideas that we talked about this offseason, James. But you come out the other side of it, you go through this roster on the other end of player acquisition part of the offseason, and 
you see a very competitive roster. No reason that they're not going to be in that same tier of competition as they were last year. Yeah, I agree. And I, hopefully they uh, they take a step forward on offense, which, uh, again, again, check out our offensive episode if you didn't and you just missed it because it, we recorded it on a weekend or it hit and you were watching the NBA playoffs or whatever the case is. We broke down the offense position by position as well. Spent a lot of time on tight end, much like we did with safety, because that's kind of a question mark, I would say. But there's not many question marks, Jake. Let's go. And that's uh, it's a beautiful thing with Joe Burrow at, uh, at quarterback, who was there, by the way, working out today, as was T. Higgins and uh, plenty of other Bengals. Good stuff. We've got rookie, rookie camp later this week. We've got Mike Potts joining us tomorrow to talk about the way the NFL draft went like to talk to Mike after the draft. We did it last year as well. He provides some really cool, fun insights, some good stories about some of the players the Bengals drafted and, and generally how that goes down. So we're excited to talk to him. And He's the director of scouting, just to be clear. Oh, yeah. He helps put together the Bengals draft board. If, a big if part people of it. don't know that. My yeah. bad. Good, good shout. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, thanks for listening. day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.